Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football. And, uh, well, scratch everything I said a couple of hours ago. It's finished uh, Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. And uh, I, mean, I, I got to say, I mean, Liverpool, in some respects, got away with that one with a point. I, I think they... Uh, uh, they, they they might in some regards feel lucky uh, that they got away with the point, but I think uh, I think it was a well deserved point for Fulham. And I mean, I, I thought this was a gimme, and I thought that I mean, man, it was it was quite the game. And, and there's so many things to talk about because you know you often you often notice things when, when you know these kind of results come up. And I, and there are a few issues there for Liverpool that that I saw today. Um, it's just a matter of like will teams able to do that on a regular basis? Will teams able to exploit that on a regular basis? But there are issues. For Liverpool, but let's get right into it. Let's just talk about uh, the game itself. And I thought, I thought Fulham had a very good start. Uh, they were very, very aggressive. They were very front foot. I thought uh, Lubin Loftus Cheek completely won the physical battle that he had with. Uh, I think it was with Fabinho. I mean, at times it was also, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess what the word tangling with uh, with Wijnaldum. But he won that physical battle um, in that sort of withdrawn mid, you know, mid, mid midfield attack role. He was kind of in between there, and he, and he kind of won that. Uh, quite well, um, and that he set the tone. I thought, uh, you know, for, for that whole offensive uh, uh, quartet, if you will, for for, uh, for uh, uh, Fulham, and then you had Ademola Lukman, who completely uh, had, uh, you know, Alexander Arnold on toast for the first 35 minutes. He looked absolutely brilliant, and I, I, the, the the thing was the aggression and the intensity that Fulham was showing was the big reason why Liverpool were taken aback. I think Liverpool kind of probably thought they would come into this game. You know, Fulham would sort of sit back. Uh, Liverpool could feel their way into the game and then, you know, eventually go up the gears and get the goal. I think Fulham's fast start kind of caught them off track. And, you know, once you go into a game with, the ment- with you know, with that low energy, it takes a while for that energy to go up. So it took a while for them. And in, in that time, I, I was just thinking, you know, this is the sort of game where Liverpool would probably be under the cosh, but then they would come out of it the other side, nil-nil, and then just go up and score the goal. So it was great that they scored the goal when they did. I thought Allison had a wonderful first half with the saves that he was making. I mean, I've said this before. I think Allison is the best goalkeeper uh, in in England for sure, maybe even in the world. But you know, maybe Neuer has a claim to that. But he's just a wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper. And the difference he makes for Liverpool is is marked and, and pronounced when he plays. And uh, you know, you just you just you, you know, it's a surprise when a team scores against Liverpool when he's in goal. Uh, that's that's how much I rate him. So uh, amazing uh, performance, and then they eventually Fulham did get the goal, and and that was a wonderful piece of play. Again, it was a corner that was cleared, and you really thought Liverpool. There was I think six or seven Liverpool players. You know, again, it, it's such a lesson in how Liverpool attack. They all were like in a line running outside. It's like you know, like when you're standing on the ocean and the wave just comes to you. It kind of felt like that the way Liverpool were coming out, and that tackle that came in was so crucial because if he had not got that tackle in. I can't remember the name of the player who got it, but if that tackle had not come in, you know, Liverpool were probably going to go up the other end and score. He makes that tackle. It comes to Lookman. In a one, again, a great pass from Lookman. He looks and, he's, and he finds uh, De Cordova-Reed with a nice pass. Again, the thought, the speed and the thought of movement was really, really good. 
And then the pass comes in and then Deco Rivadui just lashes it. And I don't think Liverpool were expecting that. I don't think Alisson was ready for it. I think Alisson was probably, like everyone expecting Liverpool, Liverpool way to just go past. So I think he was a little bit taken aback by the shot as well as the power that was generated. Um, but, you know, a credit to, to Fulham and credit to Lukman because, you know, it's not easy because everybody was probably on their heels uh, worrying about the counter-attacks. Counter so it's not easy for Lukman to just quickly turn around and then make the pass. And credit to Deco Dovavid as well for being alert that, you know, being in that position for Mary could then latch on the shot. So a great goal, wonderful uh, goal and a wonderful piece of play. And I thought the first 35 minutes, I thought Fulham were the better side beyond the shadow of a doubt. I think they, they completely dominated Liverpool. Liverpool had no idea what was going on, what to do, how to deal with Lukman, how to deal with Reed on the other side. I thought it was a perfect, perfect game plan that was executed. But then that's the issue, right? When you're, when you're playing at a high intensity, with high aggression, eventually energy levels dropped and they dropped in the last 10 minutes and Liverpool got back into the game. They didn't get the goal, but they got back into the game. And I said at halftime, I said, if Fulham keep playing uh, like the way they did in the first 35 minutes, they have a chance to win. But if they play like they, you know, but if they, if they try to sit back, try to defend deep, they're going to lose because, or not win. They're not going to win because Liverpool are going to have chances to score. And then, yeah, I actually said they were going to lose. And I thought they would lose just with the way that they were playing. And they, they weren't necessarily sitting back, but I think Liverpool kind of countered. They knew what the out balls were. They knew it was Cavallero and they knew it was uh, um, Lukman. So they kind of had double. I think at times, you know, Lukman was being double teamed up whenever he had the ball. And Cavallero was pretty much marked out uh, in that second half. So they kind of kept both of those guys on their toes and that allowed Liverpool to get into the game. At one point, I saw all 11 players of Liverpool were like about a, quite a few feet into uh, Fulham's half. That was how comfortable they were uh, in, in, you know, in terms of the uh, defence and offence uh, balance. And uh, it was, a, it was a, an, uh, an unfortunate penalty. Uh, it was a correct penalty based on the letter of the law. Uh, you, know, you can't really complain much about it, but it was an unfortunate penalty. And you wonder if that penalty had not, had not been given and not gone in, would Liverpool have actually won that game? Uh, because I again, it's it's yeah. I don't think there was a clear-cut opportunity where you felt um, Liverpool kind of could have done, uh, like where, where you thought that you know there was a fantastic, outstanding save in those last 20 minutes. I didn't think the penalty was very good either. I said it was very unconvincing from Salah, and you know Ariola might have actually saved it. I think he, may, he could have saved it. He probably should have saved it. I don't think he was expecting it to come so low and straight at him. So he kind of dived over it, and by the time he could get his positioning right, you know, just come on under him. It was not a very good penalty from Salah. Uh, and if you had missed that, there would have been a lot of inquisition because you're actually supposed to come off as well. But he caught the penalty, he took the goal, um, and there was 1-1. And in the last 20 minutes, you just thought, I think I think the one thing that was interesting was as soon as that goal went in, Fulham actually started attacking more. They weren't sitting back. So I, I almost feel, it almost felt like that, if you remember the City-Leon game that we saw in the Champions League, where Leon were offensively fast off the gates, they were really, you know, attacking City, you know, coming at them from all angles. They got the opening goal. And then after about 30 minutes, City kind of got back into the game. They started slowly taking control. And, you know, Leon started sitting deeper and deeper. And then they finally conceded. And they thought City are now going to go on and win this. But actually, that conceding that goal actually allowed Leon to go back to plan A, uh, you know, to start attacking. And because they didn't have anything to defend now, so they went forward and poured forward. And then they won that game. And I thought the same thing happened with Fulham. Fulham are not as good as Leon, obviously. So they don't have that quality. But it looked like they wanted to go forward. They didn't want to just sit back and take the draw. They were actually trying to attack. And I think that, again... Um, that probably might have got Liverpool. On another day, it might have been better. If another, another team, if Fulham had a bit more cutting edge up top, they might have been able to make more of that. But um, ultimately, it was a one-all draw. And uh, let's say Fulham were well, full value for it. I think it's two points drop for Liverpool as well. Um, but again, you got to look at the context of the game, the season. I think there's three contexts here to look at. Uh, I think in the context of this game, I don't think it's two points dropped. I think it's a point gain just because of how bad the Liverpool were today. They're pretty bad. 
Um, so based on the context of this game, you'd say Liverpool got away with one. And, and the fact that they got away with a point is a point more than they probably, um, not necessarily that they deserve. I think they didn't have to get a point from the game, but a point more than they probably should have got. Um, you know, because that was a penalty goal ultimately. I mean, imagine if it was Manchester United who got that penalty goal. I mean, I, I can only imagine what the, what, the, what, the, what the comments would be right now. So I think they got away with that. In the context of the game, they got away with a point. It was a lucky point. It was a, it was a, point, it was a point earned over two points dropped. I think in the context of the weekend, I think um, it's probably two points dropped, you would have to say, but it could also be a point earned because quite frankly, if they had lost that game, Spurs would then have gone, you know, got a bit of a one point gap ahead and, and you know, with Chelsea losing, allows them to then get that one point lead over Chelsea and as well as with City and United. City drawing, um, you know, then that means they've also not kept pace a little bit with City. I think City will be happy with the draw that they got against United though, because just just for the fact that they that the other two teams have dropped points. So if they had lost, it would have been a missed opportunity. So at least they drew, it means that they now have a chance to because those two were winnable games. So City can probably feel, you know what? You've got away with one there as well. Um but in the context of the season and in the context of the title race, I think you have to say it's two points dropped. I mean, Fulham. Away, yeah, Liverpool are in, have injuries. They had another one to Joel Matip, and I'm sure a lot of fans are going to be going like, you know, crazy at the moment uh, with Joel Matip. But uh, it was an injury, but still, you expect a Liverpool team to go to Fulham and be able to beat them. I think that's that's you kind of expect that, and maybe that's harsh, maybe that's a little bit unrealistic, but the fact is, you expect that to happen. So um, overall, uh, there was issues. I think Liverpool, though, there are a few key issues that have now come up, and I think um, it's time. I think Klopp needs to start thinking about well, how he wants to address those. It's not issues that it's addressable issues. It's the issue is the thing is, does he want to address those issues? Um, and there's also a VR decision by them, which I'll come to at the end because I want to talk about that as well a bit. But uh, to talk about the personnel, the first thing obviously is the fact that Liverpool completely low intensity today. And if they do go like that against Spurs, they're going to get in trouble because Spurs have a better cutting edge up front than uh, the Fulham. So if they give away three, four chances. And the, the odds are the Spurs will probably get more than the one goal that Fulham got. So they've got to be careful with that. They've got to make sure that they start games on the front foot rather than try to feel their way into the game. Uh, you know, I, I, people will talk about the midweek game. I think I think that played a role, obviously, because, you know, Klopp played his best players in that game. He played he played his first team. I probably would not have done that, but he played his first team um, in that game against uh, Michelin. And that kind of affected, I'm sure a few of them, it probably affected a few of them as well, being a bit leggy. But uh, that's, but, but the key here takeaway for opposition is if you can get on the front foot, if you can push Liverpool back early, Liverpool can be got that, right? Their, their defence is not as solid. Their, their midfield is a little bit iffy and they're having injuries. So they're, you know, it's not, they're not having a settled 11 and there is an opportunity there. So it's not always about parking the bus and hoping for the best. Sometimes you can actually go on the front foot and try and attack. And 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 you know and cause problems and there are problems. There was a lot of gap in that in that back line. Uh, there were like you know between Alexander Arnold, I think Matip was on that side. You had uh, Fabinho on the other side and Robertson. There was a bit of gaps there that were being exploited as well. Um, so to, there are gaps there. If you can push Liverpool back, or, or you know if you can try to to play through the centre, uh, you know it it can work. And instead of trying to park the bus and hope for the best, I think that. Playing the front foot is an issue uh, for Liverpool. The other issue, I think, was Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think he, going forward, he, there's no better fullback in the world uh, than Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I think he's better than Alfonso Davis as well going forward. I think he's, you know, his crossing, even today, his crossing, his uh, his delivery was exceptionally spot on. Um, it was just that nobody, you know, at times couldn't get on the end of it or, you know, Fulham had players that so they could, you know, counter that. But, you know, if you put him as an offensive-minded fullback, I think, Trent Alexander-Arnold is one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. The problem is his defensive side 
was today, I think today he was completely exposed by Lukman and um, it was a real problem. And uh, he, maybe he wasn't getting enough help from Jones. There was Jones moment where he got a yellow card. He tried to help him. He wasn't getting enough help from Salah. Maybe you could say that. But the fact is, um, this happens quite often where the opposition wingers, if they get an opportunity, they can, uh, you know, isolate Alexander and make him look pretty bad defensively. I don't think he can, I don't think he has mastered that art of one-on-one -on -one defending as a fullback. Um, he's not mastered that yet. And maybe it will come. Maybe he's still, he's still, yeah, maybe it will come. Maybe it won't. Maybe it doesn't matter because Liverpool, most games play on the front foot. So they don't really need Alexander-Arnold to do a lot of defensive work. But I think today that was an issue where uh, quite a few times in the first half, he was being bypassed quite easily by, by Lukman. Um, you know, ultimately they, they got around it. They tried to double team Lukman and, you know, and Fulham obviously started really deeper. So it didn't matter much. But that first 30, 35 minutes where that goal came, he, was, he wasn't very good. Uh, defensively, so that was an issue. I thought um, I thought uh, the Matip injury is interesting as well. Now I, it might just be a back niggle, and he might just be out for a couple of days. He might be back for the Spurs game. If he if it was a bold call to uh, to put Jordan Henderson as a centre half and then bring on Minamino, I don't think Minamino did anything to warrant the 45 minutes that he got anyway. I, I don't think he was that good. Um, and honestly, I struggled to find the reason why Minamino gets games. To be honest, he doesn't. It doesn't look like he offers much to to Liverpool. I don't think he's very good pressing. And pressing um, like some of the other players are, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. Um, but he's not—he's not very good at pressing. He's not very—he's uh, obviously not—he's very limited offensively. So I really don't know what he offers uh, to the team. But uh, you know, there must be a reason why he's, he's being picked. But uh, he didn't run well the 45 minutes. But it could have gone pear-shaped if, if uh, you know Fulham could have found a delivery or right uh, pass. That could have uh, got them that second goal. But um, you know, it was a calculated gamble, and obviously, Klopp uh, figured that. Uh, there wasn't going to be a lot of defending for Liverpool in that second half. So having a, an, a midfielder who was, you know, probably having somebody who could pass from deep uh, would, would be a good asset as well. So, um, you know, maybe that was a calculated gamble, but it didn't cost them in this game. But the injury to Matip um, will probably cost them. Uh, you know, may, may, will, will, might cost them. If he's not available for Spurs, it might cost them. Uh, but again, I think I think uh, they have got Nat Phillips on the bench and he's not a bad defender. I was surprised he didn't come on. So maybe they'll use Nat Phillips and it might work out. But uh, that, that that injury crisis, it looks like each game somebody gets injured for Liverpool. I think they'll, they'll probably be doing that. But uh, you know, such such is football. Um, on that note, I think the only other uh, thing to talk about, I, I, I mean, I, I like Fulham. I like the way the Fulham played. I thought the back three suited them. Um, and I think a lot of people, we, we've judged Fulham based on what they've done maybe for the first eight, nine games. But in the last couple of games um, against Burnley, against uh, um even against Leicester, they look pretty good defensively. They look pretty solid. I think the back three works for them. Um, and again, it's not the wrong. It's not bad having a back five against Liverpool. You can have a back five against Liverpool. What I think was the key today was a uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek had you know was physically very very aggressive and 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 he won his physical battle against you know his Liverpool counterparts. So you need you need you need that. You need a little bit of physicality, a bit of intensity, but you also need passers in, in midfield who can you know try to break the lines and try and you know exploit that space that Liverpool leave. Um, I think those are key. And then of course, having the fast fingers obviously helps a lot as well when you're playing against uh, a team like Liverpool. But uh, but, I was, but it was good game plan. Good tactics, good game plan from uh, Fulham. And full value for their point. I don't think anybody can begrudge them the point. Um, but that be our call. Now that penalty call, um, to me, so so the, the first half, the incident in the first half, Fabinho um, goes in on Cavallero, I believe. He goes on Cavallero and... Uh, uh, you know, it's given as a corner initially. Then VR goes to uh, goes uh, tells uh, the ref uh, Mariana, I guess, and Mariana to go have a look. Um, 
And the thing, my issue with VAR on this instance, first thing is, if you look at it from the, the angle behind the player, right? It, it looked like a fair challenge. It looked like he had won the ball. Um, it looked like that, right? When you look at it from a side-on angle or from a front angle, it clearly showed that Fabinho had actually uh, hit uh, Cavallero in the foot. So when I look at it from the front angle, I'm thinking that's a penalty. And I was saying that, I was saying, this is a foul, that's a penalty. It's got to be a penalty. But then you look at it from the back angle, um, and what you see is that it's he's probably got the ball. So the angle, and, and I think Marin, Mariner made his decision based on the angle from the, from, the back, from the back angle. He didn't make his decision from the front angle. He made it from the back angle. So when you look at it from the back angle, it looks like it's not a penalty. So for me, um, there's two things here. One is uh, you've got to show, I mean, the, what does that mean for VAR? If you have these different angles where things are different, what angle do you use? What angle do you suggest, uh, do, do you look at? Um, and that's, that's the issue with, with the replays sometimes is... Um, Conclusive evidence is not always available with technology. Um, and in this case, I think Mariner, you know, the same Mariner didn't see enough to overturn his decision. He didn't see enough because he was looking at it from the, from the, from the he, I don't think he was looking at it from the side angle or from the back, on the front angle, he was looking from the back angle. And from that, you don't, it doesn't look like a penalty. Um, but also secondly, um, if you're taking two, three minutes, I thought he was taking two, they were taking two, three minutes. There was no questions of offsides anyway. I don't know why, they, you know, I, I get, you know, the safety first approach, but reality is, you know, sometimes you just got to, Look at it, and it, you know you've got to see. There was no offside anyway, so they didn't need to spend like 40 seconds, 45 seconds that they spent trying to find an offside. There wasn't an offside. Um, you come to the incident, and I think they 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 showed the the angles, the two angles. They took at least about a minute and a half, two minutes, just trying to go back and forth between angles. And I thought, you know, you're seeing it from the front angle, you're seeing it's it's a it's a penalty. You're seeing it from the back angle, you think it's not a penalty. The referee has to make the decision. You know, take about 30 seconds. You think there's something wrong. You just go and tell the ref, you know what? There's something wrong. Go and check it. And so trying to, you know, the, the issue with this is you're trying to look from the front and back angle to tell the referee, you know what? There is something to look at. No, just, just you know what? Just go tell the ref, you know, you're looking at 30 seconds. You're not sure, but maybe go have a look and then let the ref decide. And the ref decides one way or another. You don't need to, you know, do more than that. I thought it was an unnecessary wastage of time. And that's where people get bugged with VR because it's trying to, you know, waste time. You don't need to waste time, right? You just got to tell the ref, you know what? There might be something. Go take a look. Right, that's simple as that. Instead of you know trying to find an angle where, oh, you know, there's something here, or you know, there's not something here, or you know, should I tell him, should I not? No, you know, just the technology is there, use it, you know, let him come to the decision himself. Um, you know, and, and you don't need to influence that. Uh, but that but that that was my thought. I thought, I mean, again, was it an incorrect decision? I thought the penalty, I think it was one of those things again, where if you award the penalty, um, then it doesn't get changed, right? And if you don't award the penalty, then it doesn't get changed because there wasn't enough evidence one way or another to overturn it. And that is the thing, because the angles showed different things. Um, I know Evra, by the way, Evra, as soon as I thought it was a penalty, for sure, Evra again said the same thing, but the angles showed different things. And to me, that was what it was. But I mean, you know, feel free to make up your own mind. What do you think? I'm sure, uh, you know, as fans, you probably have a, have a, a different opinion. Maybe, you know, maybe you got an eye, maybe you saw it more clearly than I did. Uh, but let me know in the comments what you thought. Did you think that was a penalty? Did you think that was not a penalty? But according to me, um, from the front angle, it was a penalty. Uh, in the back, it was not. I, I, I'm inclined to use the front angle only because, you know, from the back angle, you don't see the leg because, you know, you want to see it from the front side because uh, you want to see the, the moment when the foot collides with the, with the other foot and where the ball is in relation to that because from behind, you know, the, the player's feet are blocking the ball. So it sometimes can look like he's got the ball, but he's actually not got it. So for me, I would look at it from the front angle. It's always good to look at it from the, from the front angle anyway. Um, and you look at from it from that, for me, it looked like a penalty. You know, I understand why it was not given. I, I can understand that. So uh, ultimately, some might say that cost Liverpool because it might have been 2-1. They would have won 2-1. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where you get it and you don't get it. And again, I've been saying this consistently. These things even themselves out over the season. Liverpool got away 
with the with the VAR decision today. They got they got a handball uh, in their favor today. So these things they even themselves out of the season. That's what's going to happen. VAR is not going to somehow miraculously um, give you you know 99% correct decisions where it was probably 85-90% before. It's not going to do that. It's still going to give you 90-95%. What it's going to do is it's going to give you decisions. You know the black and white decisions, the offsides, those kind of decisions. Those are going to be more accurate and more correct than what they were before. And what's going to happen is, uh, you know, the decision making is still going to be the same. You're going to have about, uh, you know, you're still going to have, you know, those fouls that, you know, probably, you know, were not in your favor, being not in your favor and all that. It's still going to happen. But the number of accurate decisions that need to be made, the, the time, the, the, the fact is that for the big decisions, uh, when it matters most, you can feel, you know, that there's no dodgy offside call or there's not a dodgy penalty that's been given for a dive. You know, those things are going to be eliminated. But, uh, you know, these 50-50 decisions, these, uh, you know, subjective decisions, they're not going to, they're not, it's not going to change. It's still going to be, you know, some in your favor, some not in your favor. But, you know, those blatant dives that players make or, you know, the, the blatant offsides that referees miss, those will be uh, sorted uh, with, with the AR. So that's, that's just my opinion. I don't know some people, I know that's not good enough for some people, but that's, that's my thing. But anyway, uh, we've got one more game coming up. Um, anyway, final score, first of all, Fulham won, Liverpool won. Great point for Fulham, uh, two points stop for Liverpool. But at the same time, I feel that they got a bit lucky with that. Um, but we've got uh, we've got uh, one more game coming up, Arsenal against Burnley. And the way my predictions are going, uh, this one, everyone will be saying, well, he's predicted Arsenal to win, so Arsenal not going to win. But I feel now, I think Arsenal going to go on and win it. Uh, just, to, just to, you know, because I'm on a roll here with, with incorrect predictions. So Arsenal are going to turn the script around and they're going to win it. I think Arsenal are going to win it. Um, they just... There's just too much going on right now uh, that us, that that will not happen. But anyway, we'll see. We'll be back for that one. That's going to be up. I think this video will be up just a little bit before the Arsenal game starts. Uh, but do join me. If you're going to watch that one, do join me in, uh, in about uh, two and a half hours-ish uh, for that one. I'll be here with match reactions for that. Um, please remember to like this video if you enjoyed the analysis. Uh, share, send your comments about the game. Let me know what you think about the game, about my reactions, about my analysis. Totally fine. And also remember to subscribe to the channel if you're new. Because um, really, that that will really be support. Uh, the, really, I, I I would really appreciate it, and I would love the support to continue to produce these these videos and these yeah these shows for you. So thank you so much. Uh, have a good rest of your day or night, whatever time you're watching this, and see you again very very soon. Take care. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.